1: This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader and remind you, you can get a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our my columns, Mark Story's columns. You get Kentucky Recruiting, Basketball Recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck, $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers, and once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Tennessee football game on Saturday at Nayland Stadium in Knoxville. It is a noon start on the SEC Network. Uh, Giving us our Tennessee scouting report is Blake Topmeyer of the Knoxville News Sentinel and giving us our Kentucky scouting report is Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it first with Blake Topmeyer of the Knoxville News Sentinel and then Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader. My guest now on the podcast is Blake Topmeyer of the Knoxville News Sentinel who covers Tennessee football. How you doing, Blake?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Kentucky and Tennessee on Saturday in Knoxville. We assume they'll be on Saturday in Knoxville with uh, all this craziness with the coronavirus going on this week. It seems like the coronavirus finally hit the SEC right in the face this week. Two games canceled, and Nick Saban test positive at Alabama, coach at Alabama. How's Tennessee handled this so far? I know they had some problems during camp with uh, players out. How, how are they currently with the coronavirus?
2: Well, yeah. Since the seasons has started, it's actually been smooth sailing for for Tennessee. Of course, you know, I think this week was sort of a reminder that just just when you think you have everything under control, uh, that's that's when something can can pop back up. But it, during the during the preseason, it, it really hit Tennessee pretty hard. There was a, a stretch of a couple weeks there where they were down forty plus guys wow. during during practice. Now, not all of those guys were active positive cases um you know they, they might have seven or eight positives but then another uh you know couple dozen plus plus in, in quarantine for contact tracing uh, so it, it was really affecting the team pretty heavily there right around the time that the general student population had, had returned to campus you know was was right when tennessee had a big big upswing within its football program
1: yeah i think a lot of programs went through that when uh, when the students the regular student population came back hard to keep you know no matter how hard you keep the bubble try to keep the players in a little bit of a bubble it's hard to keep them separated you know from the students Tennessee of course coming off the loss to Georgia uh, on Saturday led at halftime but kind of collapsed in the second half what's what's the mood of the Vols right now coming out coming out of that game into Kentucky week
2: I think pretty frustrated really by, by the effort there, especially since, uh, you know, Tennessee was leading at halftime. Of course, um, you know, that, that lead did feel a little bit like fool's gold. Tennessee didn't really play all that well in the first half. Georgia uh, made a handful of costly mistakes that that helped put Tennessee in that position. But, but, you know, Given that that was the case, I, I think Tennessee, you know, there was a lot of disappointment and frustration there that uh, they didn't compete better than they did in the second half, um, and and I think they they know too that this has been a difficult Kentucky game, uh, you know, for for the past several seasons now. And so, you know, whatever the feeling <laughs> toward Kentucky's program may have been at one time uh, for Tennessee, I, I don't think that's, that's there right now. I, I think they they definitely see this as, as a very difficult game on Saturday.
1: Well, let, let's start with the Tennessee offense, uh, Jared Garantano, the quarterback who I know has been up and down there in Knoxville, but he's always seemed to play well against Kentucky for some reason. Uh, how is he playing right now? And w- what about the Tennessee offense as a whole?
2: He's had his ups and downs through, as as you know, we've seen from him throughout much of his career. I really think, though, it's been more up than down for five of the six halves of the season. I would say he's he's played at at least a serviceable level. And then in the second half against Georgia, he had three turnovers. Uh, as as Tennessee's offense really went into a, a ditch there against that a talented Georgia defense. Of course, he got no help from his offensive line. Uh, there's a couple strip sacks that he really didn't have much chance on through a bad interception while under pressure. And, you know, overall, I, I think he's he's done some really nice things. He's thrown some good deep balls this year. We saw that against Georgia in the first half through two really nice deep balls to Josh Palmer for touchdowns uh, through a couple ni- nice deep passes against Missouri. And, and that's sort of been the case for him throughout his career is that he can throw a really nice ball like I mean, you look around the conference. And, you know, some of the weaker quarterbacks in the league, uh, you know, are more of these guys that, that just really can't stretch a defense downfield. That's not the case with Garantano. I mean, he, he throws, you know, one of the better downfield passes in the league. It's just, you know, from, from play to play, from game to game, you don't always know what you're going to get from him. And part of that, though, is, is tied to the offensive line. You know, this was a unit that was supposed to be Tennessee's strength. And I would say in the Missouri game, game two, uh, it, it looked like it. I mean, Tennessee had its way with, with the Tigers up front. They, they ran the ball really well. Um, but the line was just average in the season opener against South Carolina. And then the line was terrible last week against Georgia. Of course, Georgia probably had a lot to do with that. And great, great defense. But, um, you know, it, I, I would say that the biggest concern from the offense right now is that the the portion of the the offense that's supposed to be the strength and kind of carrying this, this unit hasn't been.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Kentucky's offensive line was supposed to be really good. I think uh, probably Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky were ranked as the top three offensive lines coming into the season, and Kentucky played really well against Ole Miss. Of course, everybody's playing real well against the Ole Miss defense, uh, but then they didn't play well at all against Mississippi State last week, so they're kind of in the same boat. What about Tennessee's receivers? I know over the years they've always had some really good receivers who've given Kentucky problems. What's their receiving core look like this year?
2: Well, Josh Palmer is is the head of the pack there, and and he's been excellent. Uh, he made two big plays on on uh, those deep balls I was talking about from Garantano last week against Georgia, and and he's been great all season. and And it's it's really been eye opening for for me, and I think for a lot of folks to see this happen, because of course he was a starter the last couple seasons. But Tennessee had Marquez Calloway, had Juwan Jennings. And so he was sort of the, the third wheel and and was was targeted as such. You know, I mean, a lot of the balls went in the direction of, of Jennings or Calloway. And and uh, you know, he almost sort of forgot about Palmer. He, he still had a, I think, 30 plus catches last year, but it was sort of quiet um, because you had those two senior guys. Well, now that they're gone. Uh, he's getting a lot lot more passes thrown his way, and he's shown that he's ready for the bigger role. Um, and then beyond him, they, they've had uh, fifth-year senior Brandon Johnson, um, son of uh, former Florida Marlins catcher uh, Charles Johnson. Um, he's had a really nice season, too. He actually redshirted last year, um, and I, I didn't know, you know just how big a role he was going to have here in his final season after that redshirt year. Uh, but he's he's made a pl- uh, pretty good handful of plays as well uh, and so those sort of, sort of the two guys kind of leading that receiving core
1: okay let's switch over to defense the defensive coordinator for Tennessee is a guy kentucky fans are familiar with Derek ansley who was an assistant under uh, mark stoops and the defensive line coach there jimmy brumball was also an assistant uh, under mark stoops at kentucky uh, what about this volunteer defense How have they played so far
2: It's been pretty shaky. You know, during that six-game winning streak to close last season for Tennessee, it was really a a defense-led effort. But the top three guys on that defense were Daniel Matuli, Daryl Taylor, and Nigel Warrior, all seniors, all all now departed. And so Tennessee returned eight starters on defense. um, And so you think, okay, that's really good, right? But the three starters that lost were its three best players. Um, And and so that's proven – to be a bit of a challenge, but uh, now the guy in the middle of the defense, Henry Toa Toa is, is a star. He, he, he played the part against Georgia. Um, you know, he, he's the only guy on Tennessee's defense that I would say. He could start for Georgia. Of course, I think around the league, there's not too many guys on many defenses that could start for Georgia. Um, (laughs) But but toe Toa toe is one of the best middle linebackers in the league. Uh, Where Tennessee's really had a problem, though, defensively, is defending passes over the middle of the field. Uh, It's it's played three different nickel backs in three in three games. It's it's cycled through three different options, and it and it hasn't found one that's that's been able to do the job so far. Um, And then the the other inside linebacker next to Toa Toa, um, they've cycled through Jeremy Banks and and Crouch. They're kind of splitting the time. Those guys both have been picked on heavily in, pass passes as well over the middle. Um, and then I think too, the, you go back to the safeties. I think they've really missed Nigel warrior. He warrior really cleaned up a lot of problems in the back end of that defense last year. Um, and I think in run support, their safeties have been really pretty good, but, but again, in pass coverage over the middle, I think they've been picked on a little bit. So it's really the heart of that defense other than Toa Toa, um, you know, the, the inside linebacker, he's been really good, but other than that, you know, right through the middle of that defense um, has really been picked on for Tennessee. And, uh, you know, if Terry Wilson, I'd, I'd be surprised if he does, doesn't try to do the same because that seems to be the vulnerability of, of Tennessee's defense is is like slants and, um, uh, and, and even deep balls over the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kentucky wants to run the ball. That's their number one thing. But they have been more balanced this year with Terry Wilson. He, he was really good against Ole Miss. 14 of 18, a couple of drops. He could have been 16 of 18, but he was very erratic against Mississippi State. He was only 8 of 20, so it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out on Saturday. But well, what about special teams? What about the kicking game for Tennessee this year?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little bit rough. Uh, Brent uh returned as one of the top kickers in the SEC. I, I believe he got some all-conference accolades last year, and and was sort of on some of those preseason lists this year, and he's just one of three on, on field goal attempts, and so I don't really know what to, to make of that because he was so steady last season. He's a veteran kicker, um, so it's a little bit surprising to see him just sitting there one of three, and uh, their punter, Paxton Brooks, has been pretty solid. Now, uh, they did have a, a special teams miscue in the season opener. They were had a new long snapper, and his, his very first snap was um, – was a uh, little dribbler uh, back to Brooks. And, <laughs> I
1: saw that.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, they didn't get the punt off. Since then, though, they've they've been using a walk-on long snapper, and and they've never gone back to that first long snapper, and so the right. walk-on's been handling the duties, and, and he hasn't had any issues. Um, and then I, I would point out in the, the return game, I think they got two guys that are that are pretty talented, uh, Valus Jones on kickoff returns. He's a transfer from USC you'll see them use him in the slot on, on offense in kind of some unique ways. He can catch some, um, some shovel passes and screens and, um, and some more traditional routes, but then he also returns kicks and he's really fast. He's, he's a playmaker there on kickoffs. And then Eric gray, um, Who's you know obviously the, the in the two headed backfield with with Eric Gray and, and Ty Chandler who Kentucky fans probably feel like's been at Tennessee forever, right. <laughs> um, but uh, Eric Gray also returns punts too and and um, you know he's he's had a couple of big returns this season on on punts on there's a 20 yarder he had uh, in one of the first two games that's sort of standing out in my mind so I think on returns you know Tennessee's pretty dangerous there between uh, Vailus Jones on kickoffs and, and Eric Gray on punts.
1: Uh, as you mentioned, Tennessee won their last six games last year. Uh, obviously, had not a good start last year in their opener. Uh, how did how did and they rebounded from that uh, very nicely? Um, won the first couple of games this year, but then lost to Georgia last week. How, how do how does the fan base feel about Jeremy Pruitt right now in his third year as the Tennessee head coach?
2: Well, I think disappointed right now. If you'd yeah. asked me. <laughs> If you would have asked me this time a week ago, I'd say pretty darn excited. I think people were, I think fans were really uh, jarred by a three touchdown loss to Georgia. I don't think, you know, Tennessee fans were, were delusional going into last weekend's game. I, I think, you know, most rational Tennessee fans thought eh, this is probably going to be a long shot. But I think they thought that Tennessee was, was really going to give Georgia a firm test. And that didn't happen, and it's now – not only is Tennessee 0-7 during the Pruitt era against the three big rivals of, of Tennessee uh, – Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Uh, of course, those are three obviously really tough games, but it's not just that they're 0-7 against those rivals. All, all seven of those losses have come by at least three touchdowns, yeah. and so they haven't shown any progression toward competing – against um, sort of the big three on on Tennessee's schedule. And I think there's a feeling here in year three that Tennessee at least needs to start moving to some competitiveness towards those three programs. Um, And so that's a high bar because, you know, there's an expectation that that Tennessee doesn't start backsliding from, from the progress that it showed toward other programs in the SEC East last year. But not only does it need to not backslide. I think to meet expectations, it at least needs to inch forward a little bit uh, toward where those other programs are. You know, uh, you know, if Tennessee can get to, to seven and three this season, I think that would that would make a lot of folks uh, pretty happy. But but I think with that seven and three, they want to see at least some competitive games uh, against Alabama and, and Florida. Uh, I think more realistically, you know, looking at this schedule, I, I said at the onset of the season, this this feels like a six and four team, and and I still think that that could be the case because it's there's still a lot of tough games left on the schedule, and I look at this Saturday as one of them. I, I thought coming into this season, um, you know, this was a tricky game for for Tennessee. It has been the last few years, um, and I really don't think there's that much difference right now between where Tennessee's program is at and, and where Kentucky's is.
1: So how does Tennessee then bounce back from the? Georgia game and 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 beat a team as beat a Kentucky team as you say that should be a very competitive game what are a couple of keys for Tennessee on Saturday
2: one I think it's got to clean up the, the turnovers Tennessee played turnover free for the first two weeks of the season and then had three of them uh, against Georgia and, and so I think that's a, a big key um, with with you know, Kentucky trying to control the ball and and uh, be run oriented so much. I think they t- uh, Tennessee can't give them any help there in time of possession. And then, two, I think they got to control the, the run game. Uh, you know, they they can't. Um, you know, if they make Terry Wilson beat him with his arm, I, I think Tennessee's got a got a great chance there. If they <laughs> if they let the run Wildcats run wild, that's uh, that's going to go the other direction.
1: Yeah. Well, like you say, it should be a very competitive game. I feel like you know, Kentucky. They feel like the last couple of years, you know, they did not, you know, they laid an egg down in Knoxville a couple of years ago when Kentucky had a ten-win team and lost to Tennessee twenty-four to seven. And then last year, Kentucky moved the ball between the twenties pretty well, but then uh, lost the game 17-13 after having a thirteen nothing lead. So, it should be a good, it should be a really competitive game uh, on Saturday. Blake, tell the listeners how they can follow your work at uh, the New Sentinel uh, both leading up to the game and and after the game.
2: Yeah, I'm at knoxnews.com and on Twitter at btopmeyer. That's uh, Topmeyer with uh, two p's.
1: And what's the attendance going to be like? What What are they? I know the teams around the league are, you know, limiting attendance. What What What's the attendance supposed to be Saturday?
2: Yeah, it's going to be at about one one quarter, so uh, could be about uh, twenty to twenty five thousand there. Okay, well
1: that would be that'd be enough to make a difference, probably. I would think uh, if they make some noise.
2: Yeah, it should be a pretty good environment, I think. I, I think they'll, they'll, you know, make it as good as possible, really.
1: Right, right. Well, Blake, I sure appreciate you being on the podcast, and uh, thanks for uh, giving us a scouting report on the Vols.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, John. We
0: took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember-hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth... We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
1: Okay, my guest now is Josh Moore, my uh, friend, colleague, and herald leader, UK football beat writer. How's it going, Josh?
0: I'm good, John. It's that uh, time of year. It's starting to. Uh... Get a little chilly. I don't know. I'm, I have yeah. to start wearing my sweatshirts to bed. It's that kind of year. I'm, I get cold though easily, and so I don't. And I'm uh I'm stingy. I, I try to hold out and turn off the heat as late as, I, or turn on the heat as late as I can too. So
1: <laughs> yeah, we're the we're the same way. Yeah, you're. Now we only got one credential for the Tennessee game, and you're going to Tennessee on Saturday. Have you checked out the weather there? You're you're our one representative in Knoxville. Have you checked out the weather there? I know it's going to be uh, cooler here. What about there?
0: Yeah, you know, I haven't looked ahead to that. That's a, you know, I don't know that um, as far as the game goes, I don't know if it'll have too much bearing. No, no, probably not. But if it was raining like real bad or something, that would be interesting. But I don't think there's anything like that. No, no, no.
1: No, I don't think there's rain in the forecast. It's going to be a little cooler, but like you say, it shouldn't affect the play, you know, on the field. Kentucky coming off the win over Mississippi State, which was a defensive-oriented win. The offense had its problems and struggles. And uh, since Mark Stoops says we only talk about the bad stuff and ask about the bad stuff, (laughs) uh, well, let's talk about the bad stuff. Uh, You're Eddie, okay, Josh? You're Eddie Grant. How do you fix this offense after their performance against Mississippi State?
0: I start. I I try like hell to figure out who's going to help Josh Ali. Um, as far as the receivers go, I, I think that's you know I, I don't know if that's the only issue on offense. I'm there's plenty of things you could you know point to and, and and guys that could play better. I mean, you you don't need AJ Rose fumbling, you don't need Terry making some decisions that are questionable, but really <laughs> you really need to uh, to find another weapon um, from that receiving group, and they've got a lot of guys. Um, I don't know that. You know, it's it, Bros Oliver. You know, it, it feel like every week at this point we're saying, "Oh, maybe he's out there." I don't know. I mean, right. it, it, they've never—I I don't recall that they've ever sharing what his injury no. is.
1: No, no, that—not that I remember that they've. They, and they keep saying, "Well, we hope to have him this week," or whatever, and we haven't seen him out there yet. Although they seemed a little more definitive that they think they're going to have him this week.
0: Yeah, and that would be good. I mean, he's a guy that's at least. Um, do promise in, in the past, at least last year before, um, things kind of went the way they did. You know, I, I'm kind of what surprised me. I've been surprised that Cleveland Thomas has been, you know, really a, a no show this year in, in terms of, I mean, it's not, he's not, you know, it just seems odd that, you know, cause he's another guy that kind of fit that description of you know, someone that could come back and and maybe be someone who contributes for you right away. I mean,
1: yeah, he, you know, Josh. He came on at the end of last year. He had connection with uh, Lynn Bowden last year, and he really hasn't been able to establish that with Terry Wilson this year.
0: Yeah, and really outside of Josh Ali, I don't think anybody has. I mean, yeah. you know, kinda had, had something going there that second game, but, um, you know, he fires off some tweets after the game, <laughs> so he's probably a house. So there goes, you know, if, right. if you were looking, somebody he maybe was your guy you'd point to you know, maybe he's the maybe he's the, the the one but but he's probably not in a good spot this week um and and you know i think the tight ends i think that's you know as much as you know maybe that's the you know everybody wants to throw the balls the tight ends well i think from what we've seen so far as far as you know when you look at all the targets and everything they are trying yeah you know a,
1: they, were more a, active, they were more involved last game
0: yeah, and those guys, you know, honestly, again, it's up to them, really. Those plays are there. Um, they just have to make them. You can't be like Justin Rigg, dropping a ball right there in the middle of the field on a no. you know, first down. That's just, you know, you just can't be having that. And, and so I think if if you can get it from that group, then it'll obviously open up things for for the receivers. And, I mean, everybody's obviously got to do their part. But I do think, you know, not just for this week, but – for the rest of that's something they really need to figure out is you know they have a number one they just they need a they need a a 1.5 at this point even you know like right. Just somebody right you know somebody that, that can help them out
1: so do you think that's part of the problem with terry wilson he was only eight of 20 uh he played very well against uh old miss 14 of 18 with a couple of drops could have easily been 16 of 18 but then he comes back against um uh, Mississippi State was only eight of twenty through the air. Is uh, is that the problem? Is it the receivers aren't getting open, or is Terry Knight you know, getting them the ball?
0: I, mean, I think it's a mix because you know, I went back and picked through some of the the the, the game yesterday. Um, <clears throat> there's some spots. I mean, because I, like I, I asked Eddie Grant about this, you know, yesterday about the the sack he took in the fourth quarter when it was still I think it was still fourteen two. Um, you know, still very much a game in doubt um and and he takes a really bad sack and you look at, and when you first watch it it seems like okay somebody messed up on the offensive line because there's no way there's a guy that's like completely uncovered right. um but when you look at it when i kind of go back and and try to figure out what happened and and eddie and eddie didn't say this but i think he i think he agreed i think he said there was a receiver that missed a block i didn't really catch that um you know, unless he's counting you know, Justin Rigg as a receiver, I think that's probably that's maybe who he could be talking about. But um, it seems like the decision that it, or that that Terry should have made was to hand the ball off to AJ Rose instead of dropping back and you know and faking the handoffs keeping from the fake. Because um, I think if he hands it off to AJ, there's probably a 10-15 yard game. Um, yeah. So it's th- that kind of stuff, and and that's just one play. I mean, obviously, you know. It's, in, in, in one game, but but it's you know that's the kind of stuff that you just got to be cognizant of. And I know that was a weird defense. Um, they're sending guys all over the place that that you can't uh, um, sometimes account for. But but I mean there was and that's again yeah you know, that's part of the reason why you were looking at you know receivers just you know Josh got rocked twice you know once in the first half and there in the fourth quarter again of of just gets you know blitzed at basically. Um and 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 Terry's got to be able to know that that's coming, you know. And, and, I mean, because ultimately it's better off just throwing the ball away um, than having those guys get knocked down like that behind the line of scrimmage.
1: Right, right. Uh, okay, I'll switch over to the defense. Defense, obviously, a very good performance against Mississippi State. Uh, the six interceptions after not forcing a turnover in the first two games. Uh, how does the but now we got a little different offense coming in. It's not the air raid offense that Mike Leach ran. Tennessee more balanced attack, although they do throw the ball quite a bit. How do you see the Kentucky defense matching up against the Tennessee offense?
0: I think you know. I, I think if it gets the D line play I got this past week, uh, and I know it'll be a little different. But you because yeah, you don't have to worry as much about the run when it comes to to mississippi state um so that obviously kind of in some ways makes things easier for you but i think you know just having that confidence with how well they defended passes this last week um you know against a team that can obviously turn those three or four yard receptions into a lot of you know huge gains um that 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 got you know has to make you feel good you know especially with your um, even though I know they didn't come up with me, the, the interceptions, but your secondary more better than you did going into Mississippi state, uh, for example, uh, going up against Tennessee. I think, um, the D line, I think played, you know, really well last week. They, uh, I not Mark, I think we, I don't know. I feel like he thinks we didn't really notice that, but, uh, I mean, it's, Ryan. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to notice that, you know, those guys played really well. Um, I mean, when you only when you don't give up any points, the whole defense pretty much (laughs) plays great. You know, you can't really, um, you know, it's. But but obviously, the the guys with interceptions get all the um, kind of the headlines or whatever. But I think you know, it's it's just again. I I mean, I think it's more of a you just don't. I don't. When you look at Guarantano, I think that's kind of the difference makers is is basically when you match up the quarterbacks. I I can't – I hate to say that because it's kind of. You know, it's kind of cliche and easy to just say, Well, whoever has the best quarterback play, you know, is going to win the game. But uh um I don't know, know because Guerrono I think I guess that's how you say his name. I don't really yeah. know how to say his yeah, name. Yeah, Guarantano. <laughs> yeah, Guarantano. <laughs>
1: but, he's been around forever, yeah. You think if yeah, he's been around forever, you'd think we'd know how to pronounce his name, but it is <laughs> it's a different <laughs> name, that's for sure.
0: Uh, he's been around forever and and and, and, and hasn't played exceptionally against any other team except Kentucky, right. you know, like when you kind of look at some of his game logs. It's it's funny how often he's had some really awesome performances against the Wildcats and it's just been kind of okay against everybody else, you know, right. for the most part. It's uh you know, I guess it's just one of those Kentucky effect things. Um, so you, you, you just keep him, you know, I don't know that Terry even necessarily has to, outplay him um, considerably I just think you know if you're if as a defense you can lock him down enough to to, and make you know just you know make life hard on him then that will go a long way towards towards keeping you in this game
1: right no no I think yeah I think that's definitely key putting pressure on him I mean he made two turnovers I think they ended up having three turnovers in the second half against Georgia, but he turned the ball over a couple times right away in the second half, which really, uh, you know, when they were ahead twenty one seventeen at the half against Georgia, and that you know put the momentum back in Georgia's favor, and Georgia kind of took it from there. Um, you know, obviously this is a big game for both teams. Kentucky's one and two, Tennessee's two and one, especially when you look down the road at who else they have, uh, you know, remaining on the schedule. Um, also, I think. Mark Stoops said kind of a bitter taste in his mouth about Tennessee the last couple of years because they went down to Knoxville in 2018, laid an egg. Um, In fact, Mark said this week he's going to change up how he does the Friday routine because he didn't like the way he sort of hinted that he said they took the long bus ride. He sort of hinted that they may fly down. I'm not sure. And then um, is that what you got or did he he expand that on that on his radio show by any chance?
0: I didn't hear him say that. Uh, I mean, he kind of hinted at the same thing, you know, that he would be changing routine or or what have you. But well, on Monday, you know, when he said that, when he said he was going to shake up the routine, I thought, well, of course you are. You've shaken up the routine for every game this year, given the circumstances. Well,
1: that's true. That's true. (laughs) And then last year, Kentucky moved the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't get in the end zone, and they lost uh, 17-13. But, uh, I mean, we say – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: But I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing that, you know, maybe should give you the most pause. You know, if if you're able to move that the ball up like that again, I mean, Kentucky is really, you know, we've got three games worth of sample size now and, and the red zone issues they talked about in preseason are still – don't seem to be all that fixed. Yeah. Um, and that's something, you know, Tennessee, like you said, had a really good – rate defending last year and um, you know you, if, if if they lose another game like that like the way they did last year you know what do you think's worse is it worse that they get blown out this weekend or another game like last year which I think is more likely I think they lose I think it's more likely they lose like they did last year. No, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, I think if you're any coach, you hate the ones that, uh, you know, if you get blown out and you, for whatever reason, whether the talent level is just not there or you just didn't show up that day, that's one thing. But if you have an opportunity to win and you don't win, especially this year when you got a 10 game game. SEC schedule, it's gonna to be tough enough to win, you know, to win any game. So you, you can't really pass up the opportunity to win games, such as they've already done. They had a shot at Auburn, two point game in the fourth quarter, a couple of bad plays, turn that around. You lose by sixteen, and then you miss the extra point. You can't stop a miss Ole Miss in the second half and you miss the extra point in overtime. So that's two games where you had legitimate chances to win, especially the old miss game and you didn't do it. So mm-hmm. no, I think it would be worse to go down to Tennessee and play a game like you did last year and lose the game
0: yeah i agree i just, and i think you know for the team and just from the fans perspective i mean it's just i mean I, I think people were kind of teetering on the brink of, of interest somewhat going into mississippi state um i just think you're losing a game like that i mean losing is going to be bad regardless but then you got georgia up next and that's you know right. you know i i feel a lot better As bad as I feel about attempting to pick Kentucky over Tennessee, I feel pretty good not picking them against Georgia because that's something they've never beaten Georgia under Stoops. Right. That's kind of the you know that's the the one bear out there that they
1: haven't tackled. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia right now. I mean, they're they're the only two unbeaten teams in the SEC. They play Saturday. Uh, they've kind of separated themselves. So, I mean, we keep talking about what if Kentucky loses. What is Kentucky, let's go to the keys. What does Kentucky have to do to win this game in Knoxville? They haven't won in Knoxville since 1984. How do they pull it off?
0: Yeah, well, I guess you know you start with just forget the history, and I don't know that any of these – I mean, I, I, I'd like to take a, a poll of how many of these guys could even tell you the last time they won in Knoxville. I mean, how many of them you think would probably say – Sometime in the last 10 years.
1: (laughs) They probably Uh, said.
0: No, just just because there's some, at some point, there's a, just a disinterest in the history. And I I don't mean that to throw, you know, players under the bus or anything. That's just, that's how kids are. I mean, that's like, you know, I would have probably been the same way. Um, you know, unless you came from Kentucky, unless you were, you know, had been born and raised here and all that stuff. Um, so I mean, obviously don't let the history beat you. And I think that'll be fine. Um, I think you can't – your offense cannot get bogged down like it did last week. I don't know that – I think they can – you know, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, but I don't (laughs) – that's going to involve Kentucky having to score. Um, You can't expect your defense each week to give you 21 points. I mean, because that's really what happened last week. It's You know, it's a – without the defense, it's a 3-0 – or it's a (laughs) 3-2 win, you know. So, um, without them making some big plays, um, so you 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 can't, you, you get, your offense has to look closer to what it looked like against Ole Miss. I don't I don't think that offense is that good because I think you know Ole Miss is proving to be um a Swiss cheese on defense. Correct. Uh, but but you know I don't think they're you know I think it's probably closer to what we saw against Auburn. Right. Um, and probably a tick better just because you don't have Terry. You know, it would be his fourth game. I mean, hopefully he's comfortable enough. Hopefully, I mean, for him, I think the key, you know, is getting that, getting those other weapons going, and 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 just you know, not. I don't know that. I, I think the. I mean, it's so hard coming off that Michigan game because nothing really worked. Um, but I think you you just kind of you know stick with what you're supposed to do stick with what you're good at and 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 trust that your guys will make plays and then if they're not um you know maybe keep it in your own hands more and see where it takes you
1: yeah yeah uh, no I think yeah I think key yeah I think that, that obviously how the offense play they got to play better I think they got to run the ball better. I think it all with most of the time with that east offense is, you know, you gotta be able to run the ball. And uh they had a hard time I think they came out against Mississippi State thinking that they weren't gonna be able to run the ball well, so they wanted and they wanted to open up the passing game a little more. It'll be interesting to see which approach they take, you know, at Tennessee. And obviously turnovers are big. You know, first two games they didn't force a turnover. They lost both games. You know, they forced you know, you're not gonna force six turnovers every week, but forcing turnovers I think is is obviously uh obviously a big um uh, like i said josh you got you're you're headed down to knoxville uh on saturday the rest of us will be up here in lexington covering the game off of tv but we'll all have plenty of coverage and uh josh th- be sure and follow josh uh since he'll be there especially on twitter you're josh Moore hl right
0: yes sir yeah it'll be and yeah this is, so we didn't travel none of us traveled to auburn so this will be our right. first road
1: right. experience season
0: uh It'd be weird, and I don't know. I still have mixed feelings about actually traveling, just because, you know, it, it, it's not the same. You know, we're not we're still doing the zooms on the road and stuff. So right. it's really, you're really just going and just seeing the environment, um, right. and the sideline, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so you get something out of it, but it's a it's a it's a trip for, you know, not quite the, the gain you're used to having. Right. Um, but you know, it'll be. You know, it'll be a sight to behold, and if they, you know, if they win, especially, yeah, it'll be to you say can say that I was. You
1: that's right. You can say I was there when they finally won their first game since nineteen eighty at Knoxville since nineteen eighty four, and that's be because and that's and the reason Josh is the only one going is because that's how many credentials we get. I, I, all schools have uh, limited right. credential request. Uh, uh, They're granting of credential requests because of the pandemic and so forth. UK included, there's not as many people in the press box at UK mm-hmm. as there normally are. They've cut back on that as well. So. So be sure and follow Josh's coverage Josh Moore HL Josh he's already written a lot of stuff. Uh you got anything in particular coming up in the next uh, few days uh leading up to the game uh, the listeners should look for?
0: Yeah, nothing uh, no nothing unique. I mean the predictions will be out. Yeah. Uh that that's always fun. Um the yeah, I mean nothing, nothing unique to this week. The mailbags out there. I think that's something that you know we've been trying to get going and people you know, we're getting a few good questions every week. So I hope people keep, uh, yeah,
1: keep sending the, that. Yeah.
0: um, those, that's really fun to do. That's been, that's something new and, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. I don't know. Um, it seems like people are enjoying reading it, but, um, I'm having, I having—I might be having more fun doing it than people are enjoying reading it. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, and that I mean, I talk about going back and watching the game. That's kind of why I'm watching the game is for that column each week. Um, it, it kinda of forces you to go back and pick through some stuff and, and kind of you know, rewatch um big parts of the game. So that's been fun. Okay. To just to sit down and you know, I'm not like watching the whole thing, you know, start to finish, but you know, kinda of going through, picking through um the ESPN on demand thing is pretty useful. So I recommend that to anybody who's, you know, bored and, and wants to go watch a twenty four two uh <laughs> football game again this week yeah. before the <laughs>
1: Well, well i doubt we get another 24-2 game on saturday but uh either way it'll still be it'll be interesting to watch it like i said it's a big game and an interesting game for both teams uh josh thanks as always for being on the podcast really appreciate it and have have a good trip to knoxville
0: appreciate it john you guys uh you all keep the sport uh, warm down
1: here <laughs> we'll try we'll try okay thanks josh OK, my thanks to Blake Topmeyer of the Knoxville News Sentinel and to Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader. Please sure and check out all their work uh, leading up to the game on Saturday, during the game and after the game. Uh, the Kentucky-Tennessee game on Saturday. Be sure and check out all of our coverage on Kentucky.com on Saturday. Uh, we'll have a uh, we'll have a dedicated Twitter feed bringing you updates, the score, analysis, stats, that sort of thing during the game. Be sure and look for that on Kentucky.com. After the game, I'll have my takeaways. Josh will have his coverage. Mark's story, We'll have he'll have a halftime analysis, and he'll have uh, after the game, he'll have analysis and a column as well. So be sure and check all of that out on Kentucky.com. Thanks again, everybody who listened to these Podcasts. You can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Tune in any place you can find your podcast, you can find this podcast. Give us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. If you do that, you re- really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at John Clay IV. You can send me an email. Drop me an email at jclay at harold-leader.com. Once again, thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll be talking to you again soon.